and, and my bow like, and like my axe wound. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's Great Culture Podcast, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Alex. And we hope you enjoy the episode. On this week's episode, we're talking about assertiveness and whether it's possible for a woman to be assertive without being a total bitch. I'm pretty sure you can guess where we're coming down on this. Yeah, it's you can probably, yeah. Yeah. You'll work it out. But before we start talking about that, Kim, do you want to tell us about this week's wine? Yes. Um, We have two wines this week. Um, (laughs) And something else. And something else. (laughs) So uh, the first wine that we chose um is a prosecco and it's not vegan unfortunately which we found out after we'd ordered it um Classic. so we're gonna start with that and i'm gonna tell you all about it and alex will be drinking alex asserted her right to drink whatever the fuck she wanted and <laughs> so alex will be drinking a, uh, a can of thatcher's gold <laughs> Shocker. so we are drinking and by we, I mean Sam and I are drinking the Boss Prosecco by Ferro 13. Mm. This is uh, an Italian extra dry Prosecco. Um, it is in a fat bottle. It is it? in a it, really it is in a fat bottle, and I really like the um, Lego because it's got like a, shul- a school of fish with the front fish has a crown on it. Yeah, which just makes me happy. It's a good queen fish. Okay, so I will. It looks quite piratey, like a a bottle like of grog, like, like a bottle of rum, kind of piratey. It does it a does, bit. That's yeah. a good point. The description on the back reads: "I'm the leader of the gang. I'm the vision of five friends. I'm a decisive type with strong, balanced character. I have a fresh perlage, while my bouquet recalls fruity and floral notes. Which I'm not being funny is all the notes. <laughs> fruity and floral. <laughs> it's like pick like." You didn't even try. You didn't even name a thing. You're like, it could be, it could be fruit. I'm also not sure how I feel about a wine description being in the first yeah, person. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was yeah. like, I feel really uncomfortable about Dick this. Me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not convinced that I pronounced perlage right. Um, it could be perlage. Perlage. So I'm going to open it and pour. I'll crack open my can. Just as a side note, listeners, if you notice that I am coughing and spluttering away, it's because I've had. Pleurisy, which is uh, <laughs> an inflammation of the membrane around the lungs, but it's also something that Dickensian miners used to get. So you'll excuse me if I die quietly in a corner during this podcast. Except that it won't be that quiet. It won't be that quiet. going to be hard to edit around. So. I will move away from the mic. Well, the only cure is Prosecco. So. True. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Ooh. Hold on to your hats, guys. <laughs> average prosecco isn't it it's to be honest my taste buds are a bit fucked i had a glass of wine earlier and was like i can't taste anything so my taste buds are fucked because i had two gin and tonics before we started but um it's a bit melony getting some melon in there that's a fruit it is a fruit correct so i've Worked with the tasting notes. Quick, what's what's floral about it? Rosemary. It does have a savoury smell, doesn't it? Does, it? Yeah. I mean, rosemary's a herb, but close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I don't feel like I'm missing out at all. <laughs> it's, that no, is it's nice. It's just not like 
I'd not go home and be like, whoa, my God, the boss is the best. It's a very clean Prosecco. It is. Yeah. And I think we will drink it quite fast. Yes. It's also very bubbly. So generally we are enjoying the Prosecco, but it's nothing groundbreaking, I think. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, I remain to be surprised if it suddenly tastes like sherbet or something. Unexpected I think I think that might be a sign you're having a stroke more than the... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know what? I'm trying to be optimistic. Sure signs, burnt toast and sherbet in Prosecco. <laughs> and Alex is enjoying her cider as I'm much as she happy. ever does. Thank you. Does it taste a little bit like biodynamic wine? It does. Would you like to sample? <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm familiar with that um, vintage. So as we said at the beginning, we are talking about assertiveness, what it means to be an assertive woman, how you can be an assertive woman. Um, But before we get into that, I think we should probably define what we as a group take assertiveness to mean. Shall we start with a dictionary definition? Let's start with a dictionary definition. This is from uh, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Well, it's not the Oxford English. Since 1828. (laughs) Assertive, adjective. Number one, disposed to or characterised by bold or confident statements and behaviour, i.e. an assertive leader. Number two, having a strong or distinctive flavour or aroma, such as assertive wines. Mm. Would you call this an assertive wine, Kimberly? Absolutely not. No, I wouldn't either. <laughs> well, Which I'm holding poorly. out hope then for, for the, number two. For number two. Yes. Hopefully number two will match definition number two. Stop laughing at number two, audience. <laughs> you are a disruptive audience tonight. That's the dictionary definition of assertive. Mm. What? How does that align with your opinion of the phrase assertive, how you use it? Um, I think for me the word assertive means being confident in your decisions and opinions and not being afraid to express those and communicate those mm-hmm. what about you two yeah i think i really agree with that i think i think it also includes kind of ambition mm. as well yeah um and the drive to kind of uh succeed in those ambitions yep um and just being confident in oneself and one's decisions I think of the word assertive very much in how I deal with people and mm. I think of it as the the middle in the middle between aggressive and passive aggressive or passive is dealing with something confronting something head on without being without shouting or being rude or being unkind or bullying or bullying but with also also not letting someone do those things to you not letting someone get away with something that is fundamentally incorrect because you don't want to rock the boat like not being afraid to stand up for what you know is right and voicing your opinion in a way that is rational and respectful do you think it differs from the word confidence? Yes. How so? I don't believe I'm always confident. I do believe I'm mostly assertive. I think mm. that confidence is a way that you feel. Being okay. confident is something that you feel. Being assertive is something that you can be without being confident. Yeah, I think there's something in assertiveness being quite an outward thing. Mm. 
Um, That's a much the better way, way you like it. hold yourself, your tone of voice, like interesting, uh, everything that you encompass when talking or or communicating with someone <coughs> is assertive. Whereas confidence, I see more as an inward thing. Hmm. Yes, interesting. What about you? Um, yeah, I think that's a very uh, that's a good way of looking at it. But I think confidence is both. I think um, confidence is something that has to come primarily from within, but you can fake it, mm-hmm. um, fake it till you make it, kind of thing. Yeah. But assertiveness, yeah, you're right, is about an attitude and a way of acting. Um, more than it is like you don't really have to be assertive when you're at home on your own alone yeah it's something that you do around other people yeah you don't have to feel assertive no with that in mind would either of you call yourselves assertive people yes yes but i've had to fight really hard to to make myself assertive can you think of a time when you um exerted that assertion as it were i can when did you tell a bitch to sit down? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I do it a lot anyway because of the job that I do and, and having to deal yeah. with a lot of big egos and um, people who are, you know, the big names in businesses, for example. The specific examples I can think of and the one that I think of the most that I draw on whenever I'm worried about something is in my former life. Um, in past life? In my past life. What do you mean? What, your past career? In my, yeah, in my last okay. job. Um, long before... When I was a butterfly. When I was a eunuch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All those things. Long before it all went tits up, we were drawing up my new contract and my new deal because I got promoted. And the contract that I was given didn't match the figure that had originally been suggested to me when I was first verbally offered Mm. the promotion and convinced to, you know, stay and stick it out when everyone else left. And so I remember distinctively, because the person that I used to work for has a a knack of, I think, (laughs) railroading conversations... By going off on tangents, much like I do in this podcast. No, I don't um, think that's true, but it was a joke. But yes, good. Um, <laughs> yeah, he has a tendency to railroad conversations and make you feel stupid, so that you agree with what he's saying, even if you originally disagreed, and kind of just distracts you from your perfectly valid point by flooding you with a lot of stuff that sounds very impressive but actually doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and it's very frustrating. Um, and I was very aware of how that conversation was going to go because of the 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 very I won't get into the minutiae of it but the changes that were made in my contract and why they were made and I had to go into a meeting and or request said meeting and explain to him very firmly that this was not what I'd been offered and why I needed what I needed I remember the minute that the second before I went in I said to myself funnily enough about confidence because I repeated the line from the OC where she goes, confidence, Cohen. It was always, it's always been a weird line in my head that I've heard when I like need confidence. I tell myself that. Um, and I, and I had to lay all that out to him and actually did get to the result that time that I wanted by not getting upset or emotional mm. or angry at mm. someone who frankly makes me very angry and did then and does now because he's a cunt yeah and not being um not be not allowing myself to be railroaded by 
this man who mm. likes to pretend like he knows more than everyone. I f- draw on that because that was one of the hardest conversations I've ever had to have until such time as I quit. And it was the f- one of the earliest examples that I had of really standing up for myself, feeling like I was really doing it right against someone who I felt was an aggressive and railroading personality. Yeah. And I think a lot of assert- assertiveness for me personally is usually against that kind of person. It's fair. It's a good point. And a good example. Alex? Um, I think I have to be assertive every day. Really. Mm. I can't... I mean, there's various specifics that I can think of, you know, when you have difficult conversations and meetings, but, like, I'm not going to go into loads of detail of them. I think all day, every day, people have to trust that I know what I'm talking about. And so it's almost like... Sometimes I am pretending, but if I do it in a realistic way that sounds like I know what I'm talking about, nine times out of ten, everything goes smoothly anyway. Yeah. So, I don't... I Yeah, I'm not going to name examples, but I do feel on a daily basis, regardless of the small things or the big things, I feel like I have to be assertive mm-hmm. every day at work. Because we're constantly acting. We're mm. constantly, like, our brains... Working process is like almost ahead of what we're saying because we're trying to work out that other person and try and work out how we can get them to agree with what we're saying basically and to trust that we know what we're talking about and how yeah i don't i I don't know if i would always call it acting but certainly always working yeah uh i don't i don't know the assertiveness thing i find really tricky as i think we all do but um I am someone who I think generally comes across as quite confident for the most part, but equally I'm not very good at confrontation, so I find the act of being assertive quite difficult. Um, Mm. (coughs) For example, if I was in a restaurant and food came to me and it was not cooked, I would be like, no, it's fine, I'll just eat it and die, rather than actually... Make that, a I scene. That, I, think, I think that comes with time, though. I used yeah. to be like that with food, and now I'm like, no, no, no. This is unacceptable. I am paying for this. <laughs> yeah. See, so I can't do that. Night, done in a nice no, way. I know, but I'm, I'm quite. I find that kind of thing when it comes to making a complaint and being assertive about a complaint. I find that difficult, mm-hmm. rather than asking someone to do something or, you know, that's part of their job or, however that happens. Um, I also have, as a person in my life who I'm not going to name uh, who went on an assertiveness tra- training course and now will not accept that they're wrong mm. um, oh, wow. yeah so I think it's quite a difficult thing to go from being assertive to just being a stubborn asshole. Mm. Um, or it's quite an easy slide I think and mm. so I find that balance of being assertive quite difficult so I'd rather be someone who didn't make a fuss than someone who refused to believe they were wrong mm. like still a two like a not two-dimensional that's the wrong word <laughs> <laughs> that's a complete opposite of what i'm trying to say uh still a person essentially yes. yeah yeah um, um and can have an opinion but still respect other people's yeah exactly and i think i can be firm in my convictions about certain things but i also think that i'm always open to being persuaded otherwise mm-hmm. um because that's being an adult unless we're talking about friends unless we're talking about friends or taylor swift in which case get in the fucking seat but otherwise i didn't mention her you mentioned her 
I could hear her name <laughs> echoing out from your brain. That's just all. That's just all the time. Though. Yeah, well, that's true. Every day. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I honestly would not put assertive as one of my leading characteristics. I would for you, yeah. personally. Um, just... Good at pretending, like Alex said. <laughs> no, I just think, like... <coughs> so, I mean, I think we've mentioned it before, but you you obviously used to be my manager. Mm. And um, I definitely feel like grown-up relationships is something that... I haven't learned from you, because I definitely was able to do it before, but I feel like you are someone who I've been able to solidify that with more than a lot of other people that I've met in my mm. adult life. And I think you and I have been through a couple of things where we have made it very clear that we need to address that we would rather address things head on. Yeah. And be honest with each other even if we are pissed off with each other or if we know something <laughs> yeah. that maybe might be uncomfortable for yeah. for one another. And I think that's secret it's all very vague but you know i think that you are someone that maybe above all and i you know i don't mean this to be offensive to the other people on this podcast and my friends and everything but possibly above most people i feel like i've had more honest conversations with you about like things that have upset you things that have upset me things that we might find upsetting than i have with others not necessarily because i don't think i can but just because i feel like you are very upfront and i am very upfront and we both recognize in each other that quality that quality and so i think that you maybe just don't realize it and that's not to say you're not you know, sometimes a bit more passive or sometimes a bit more aggressive. When it comes to making phone calls, I'm like, one of you can do it. <laughs> um, no, thank you. And you definitely, you know, you have opinions. And so <laughs> oh, do Oh boy, I. do I. Um, but like, I I do think that you are a very assertive person and I think that you wouldn't have got to the point that you are in your career without being so. It's a fair point. Um, but I just l- think you don't give yourself enough credit. Fair enough. But I think it's like Alex says, when you're kind of, you're aware of essentially pretending sometimes. And I'm like, oh, some, at some point, someone's going to know that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life. And they're going to call me out on it. That's the only way but... I've got to where I am. That's <laughs> called, pretending. That's People, called like, adulthood. And yeah. someone, told, someone told me they were scared of me when they first met me because I How sounded scared like... scared of you? Well, because Not in a mean way, but just because you're like, like literally, sunshine and flat Yeah, and... I had to go into this tech and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And it was a focus and a plot. And um, and then, so someone who's now a really good friend of mine was like, I was so terrified because it sounded like you really knew what you were talking about. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't have a fucking clue. I had never been in any of those situations before. And that's just like... Mm. And the worst thing is, is I'm really bored now because I'm not pretending anymore. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever found me scary ever. Not even when I was a panto villain. And frankly, I'm a little bit sad about that. <laughs> you need to practice more. That's what I'm that not a scary person. I don't think. I've been accused of being scary several times. Yeah. I might have been occasionally scary. No, no, because every time I go into work, going, I'm really sorry. I was such, I was so angry or whatever yesterday. And I was like, you were completely fine. And I was like, oh, I'm just really good at. <laughs> yeah. After you've apologised like eight times, like sorry for flipping my lid. <laughs> but then I suppose like that's what we can talk about now. There is a difference between anger and assertiveness. Yeah, though. absolutely. I went off just on a sidetrack about being no, scary. But, no, but that's true. Like, <laughs> yeah. but scary, I think, can come across in. 
being like kind of so in awe of someone knowing exactly what they're talking about and you're like wow I'm really intimidated by you yeah but not necessarily so it, it's, it's more not of, a fear it's no, more of a yeah uh what's the word it's like respect but yeah yeah, yeah. well literally so, awe or yes. yeah yeah um so kim you mentioned about you were really proud of yourself for not crying in that situation alex you're saying about you know not getting angry and that kind of thing why do you do you think first of all do you think it is difficult for a woman to be or more difficult for a woman to be assertive than a man or if not why not internally no like i don't think it is more difficult for a man or a woman to handle things with grace and respect and firmness because people because people mm. i think that it's more difficult for a woman to be interpreted as having been assertive and not bossy right or yeah. aggressive or emotional or hormonal there is an entire vocabulary about assertive women mm-hmm. yeah there is and that's totally wrong and I recognise it in everyday situations that aren't my own, I would say within my situations, I've been really fortunate to not feel that way. All those... I'm Sorry, I'm glad. All of those words that I just used are gender-neutral terms that are very heavily gendered. Like emotional, hormonal, bossy. Those are all words. Yeah, if you say the word apply. bossy, it's a, like you think of a yeah, woman. Yeah, technically they can apply Domineering. to Domineering. Domineering. They can apply to both, but they are definitely only used for women. Even hormonal, and I'm sorry, <laughs> this is going to come into a later episode, but we're all fucking hormonal because we all have hormones. <coughs> yeah, because they're, they're natural. Why is that only associated? Oh, because it's because like... Because it's fluctuation to... monthly. Yeah. yeah, and that is a teaser for a future episode, guys. I think it was just, I feel very fortunate that, uh, actually, currently feel very fortunate to not feel uh, that I'm being regarded as bossy or hormonal or whatever it might be. And I think that's because the environment I'm in is quite uh, gender neutral, I suppose, but also is headed by a very strong woman. Um, And I suppose the industry is quite heavily female anyway theatre yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, as far as I've come across women are very well respected in quite top positions it's usually women that are stage management it's usually women that are producers it's getting better on the directing front um, and artistic directors is getting better as well but so I feel very fortunate at the moment. I do know that when I worked in the same place Kim was referring to, <laughs> that was very different. Yes. Um, well, that nobody was... asked for your opinion. Well, exactly. <laughs> and actually, though, I don't know... I don't it's... hire boys. Well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> well, yeah, there? exactly. And yeah. it was very apparent that he only hired women so that he could feel like the dominant male. And he could try and bully them. Yes. Yeah. But he also, but he also employed very ambitious women who um, wouldn't feel like they could wouldn't be put up with that shit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, when it comes to the perception of an assertive woman, why do you think it's harder for that? What What do you think it is about the the world or whatever that makes it difficult to see a woman as assertive and not use any of those terms that we've just discussed? Not not to be call her a bitch or mm. a bossy cow or um yeah any of those emotional hormonal emotional hormonal 
um, unhinged crazy bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It all obviously stems from like the fact that women weren't necessarily in the workplace. They weren't the breadwinner, and then uh, they started in the lowest kind of ranks. They were like you know the secretaries, the typists. They were below the men, um, and like sexism in the workplace was very like prevalent and all that kind of stuff and then kind of the rise of the the 80s and women taking more control um their battle was perceived in a certain way and like women getting into power were referred to as bossy and stuff like that because it was a different way of thinking do you think it was uh, a threat a reaction to being threatened or yeah feeling threatened yeah that's a good way of putting it i think actually i agree to an extent i do think you know i do think it is a reaction to being threatened um, and I don't necessarily think it's a reaction to one's job being threatened, mm. but the concept of one's power being threatened. Yeah. Because, Whether that is in the workplace yeah, or elsewhere. You yeah. can be in a position you can be in a position of power and not be in a position of seniority. And I think for most men in the workplace who are or, you know, not necessarily just men, but for most people in the workplace who are using these terms to deride strong and assertive women and saying god they're so catty god they're so bitchy god they're so bossy they're not always she must be having her time of the month they're more often actually equals or lowers who feel like they are being usurped for whatever semblance of power they have given and everyone knows i think that certainly in an office environment the the scale that measures power is not just titles and salaries. It is things as petty as, like, I can't believe that Susan wore sandals. I can't wear sandals. God, she's so, like, she's really, you know, like, but it Sorry, is... Sorry, where did the sandals I was just from? using it as an example because it's hot, but, like, it's getting away... <laughs> I'm thinking about how hot my feet are. It's getting away with things that are... That, perceivably getting away with things that they think other people aren't getting away with. Right. Such as, Susan gets to wear sandals, but I don't get to wear sandals. It must be because she shouted at Kevin that one time and he's scared of her. Weirdly, talking about clothing, my partner gets really, really angry because the fact that it's hot at the moment. The fact that women can wear, like, dresses in a smart fashion, but men's smart clothes are, like, naturally really hot and stuffy. It's a fair point, but also a fair point is your partner's preferred attire is one pair of shorts and nothing else on him. <laughs> so this is true. <laughs> I saw a man wearing and a shirt and city shorts, and you can't wear that because wear. you can clearly see the outline of his dong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think like part of it is is the idea of being threatened for um, seniority. Another part is threatened, threatening power or threatening ego. Yeah. And it for me, it mostly comes down to power. There's also the psychological aspect. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard this, this um, statistic where in a meeting where a woman speaks 30% of the time, um, the men in that meeting will report back that they interpreted her as having spoken 70% of the time, something like that. Mm. It's, it's that kind of dichotomy, which is, I mean, I, the numbers might be slightly wrong, but it's essentially where women they will speak hear her, yeah. less, they will hear more. Um, and it's it's not necessarily 
the threat, but it's the perception that they are breaking some kind of... They are, they are taking over everything. And it's the same reason why I think feminism rubs so many people up the wrong way. Because it's the idea that we want more, which is actually we want equal and we are still getting less and we were just asking for slightly less less. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the, you know, like, we yeah. that's what we're settling for. Not even slightly less less, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's something that they are too big for the boots. And it's the same thing when you go to an interview. Um, women will feel... Women will go to an interview 100% prepared and feel like they are failing or shouldn't go or will do worse if they feel that they are anything less than, like, 90% prepared, I think. It's if they go in at 80%, their their mindset and therefore their behavior more often than not this is obviously not true but it's like a a study um uh at eight they if they go in at 90 percent they will feel like they were at 60 percent and they will perform that way whereas men if they reach 60 percent something they're like well i've i've prepared loads i've, I've prepared loads i know loads i'll wing the rest of it mm. that is the thing and i think that sam you and i have spoken about this quite recently because we talked a lot about when I was looking for a new job last year about how I was felt really, really unprepared for interviews. Um, And I think, I think I mentioned this thing then because it came up at the same time, but um, yeah, men are more likely to make a pitch at 60% and get it. And women will make the same pitch at 90% and not get it because based on perception and confidence. Speaking probably for myself here, but feeling like you have to over-prepare to be recognised to have done essentially the bare minimum mm-hmm. um, is definitely a trend. You have to be over... Rather than just being like, eh, it's fine. Overqualified to be seen as equal. We've yeah. been talking about work, really. I think assertiveness does come with work. Like, you automatically think of work-based environments um, because that's when we're having to be most assertive, I suppose. Does anyone feel like they actually use their assertiveness in their everyday life? I think it does come yes. into certain things, yeah. I mean, like I gave the example of a restaurant. That's the thing where... Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, you have to be assertive. You have to be assertive in dealing with people over the phone. Like, mm. you know, if you're calling the gas company or whatever or but what about like you know like with friends or well, your partner i or... have yeah i was mm. about to say like i can give not a personal example but a general like you have to be assertive in a relationship to be <coughs> treated like an equal um and i think you guys probably can speak to this a little bit more than i can because you we've talked about a little bit about gender roles and domestic arrangements and things like that and sharing chores and things but also <laughs> And this is going to be very hard for me to say, but like in the bedroom, I think that you have to be quite assertive <laughs> if you want to finish happily. This is not where I saw this conversation no, going. I especially did not. And actually, I'm really enjoying this. And I disagree. Do you disagree that you you have to be assertive in the bedroom? No. Well, you have to know what you want, I suppose, which is assertion. But I don't. And be think... happy to say it. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I think I just feel like being I think I this is where I think the difference between confidence and assertiveness comes in. I think the it's more important to be confident than it is to be assertive. Yes, mm. I agree, but I also think that 
if you were to say there's a way that you can say that's not quite right or that's not quite what I want. You're doing it wrong! (laughs) (laughs) That is aggressive. (laughs) Example A. And then there is the way that you can say it that is assertive or there is the way that you can not say it and not get your rocks off. Okay, now here's the next... I'm going to... For example, okay. You can say, you're not doing that right. That's aggressive. You can say, that's great, but I really like it when you do this. That, to me, is confidence. Mm. Or you can say, I'm not enjoying that. I would prefer you to do this. That is assertiveness. And those are the three ways I would see it's it. That I, have, I think it's a power... Like a, it's like a usurp, usurping the power. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I'm it's, not sure. It's a battle of power, whereas confidence is almost still equal. E- yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure I'm agree- I agree, because I think that you have to be confident even to say that. And I think that... I like... I'm... From my own prudish experience in the past I think that until the last few years I would have struggled to say and I have struggled Yeah, I have not said that actually wasn't good (laughs) that no that doesn't actually do other people enjoy that well, is, have you had oh good God, feedback? I've never had to do that. I really well, I couldn't. No, but the thing is, I couldn't have done that previously. No, but also, I don't think I could. I, I don't know. I, I think I'm really assertive and confident, but I don't. Well, think I, I think I mean I'm fortunate in that because I didn't, I didn't grow into my adulthood with my partner like you guys have. Yeah, that's true. Um, I was but, fairly fucking adult before this one came along. Toss me. But what I mean is, like in my earlier sexual experiences, I can't believe I'm talking about this. I definitely did not say right. what I've said to you guys about said experiences, yeah. which is, mm. could you not do that? Uh, or even, I'm not comfortable with that. And I'm not, this is not, this is not that. Okay. But, um, but then also, I think I, in my adult life now have been more comfortable, confident, saying things. Mm. But I think that, and I think that I would not say that without that confidence, but I still think that even with that confidence to say something, there's a way to say it. For example, and I'm going to use a really sort of millennial reference here, um, or even pre-millennial, <laughs> I don't know, but like, <coughs> Sorry. there's a difference between the Samantha <laughs> being like, this is not getting me off. You need to leave now. Sex and the Yes. Okay, yes. The... Not you. I'm Samantha. I'm Samantha. I have sex with everyone. Um, the... <laughs> let's say Carrie or Miranda, probably more Miranda. Uh, this is... You know, this is not worth me, but maybe try it like this, which I think Miranda does quite well in the show. And then you've got a bit more of the Charlotte, which is... Okay, it's fine. And then blowing up at brunch. And then like, blowing up at brunch. I just want to get fucked really hard. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I mean between the difference between assertiveness, because I think that confidence is even getting to the point where you feel like you might say something at all. Personally, Fair for enough. me. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I would, I would disagree in terms of I think assertiveness is more... I just, I, yeah, I just don't see it in that in those terms in that situation. But I can see where you're coming from with mm-hmm. that. So. Yeah. But then there are other situations other than work, 
as Alex yeah. and you both pointed out. Other than work and shagging. Um, yeah. <laughs> what is there more to life? <laughs> I work, I shag, I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I drink. I drink. I, I eat. Eat. Oh, yeah, we should do that as well. <laughs> yeah. With no sending back. Glass up. <laughs> well, Alex, you mentioned friends. Eat mm. this. And Sam, you mentioned <laughs> customer service. I did. Uh, elaborate. Um, well, I said friends as an example. I don't think I'm ever really assertive with my friends unless we're having like a heated debate about something. Or you want cider on the podcast. Or, or I say, <laughs> I bought this. This is what I'm going to drink. Yeah. You can suck it. Um, I think maybe sometimes I am assertive. That's the with... language of the patriarchy, and we will not have it on this podcast. Oh, yeah, sorry, Thank you very sorry. much. Uh, you can uh... lick it, <laughs> spit it, spit on it. <laughs> Don't just look at it. Don't just observe it. You fucking weirdo. I think sometimes I might be assertive when I'm like in family situations or when I'm with my partner's family because again you're kind of a little bit more guarded Mm. um and you want to come across as I am a confident young woman who knows exactly what I'm doing with my life yeah Um, I didn't mean to I was actually just trying to cough I didn't mean to be like (laughs) (laughs) good because I was worried my opinion had made you sick in your mouth (laughs) I think I'm arguably less assertive with my family and my parents family. I think I'm more passive. Like, probably not. I'm probably a bitch. But still. Uh and that think... was deliberate reference. But um <laughs> but I think I'm more willing to swallow huh? what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, like I'm will I'm I'm more willing to contain my opinions around my parents. I think it's easier to not be assertive about around around the people that we love and the people we care about because A, I think we don't want to upset them B, I think most of the time it's stuff that doesn't really matter and when it mm. does really matter, then yes sometimes mm. you need to stand up for yourself and be like fucking no, that's not on um, but generally weighing up n- the need to be assertive versus the relationship you have, I think a lot of us are like is it really worth it? Yeah, and you're more relaxed, and you're relaxed. usually. Yeah. I have to say though, I think that both of you, I well, Alex in particular, there's an example that I can think of that, I, much like Sam, like I mentioned earlier, with Sam kind of not giving herself enough credit. Um, Alex, I think you don't give yourself enough credit because I think you are very assertive, especially with us, about your veganism and yeah. your your activism around animals because we all care about animals and I, you but know, we still I, fucking eat them, but we still. We still choose to consume meat or drink. Or consume the fishy, fishy animal <laughs> products. Um, but you very rarely become aggressive about it, and usually, <laughs> usually when provoked. Yeah, usually yeah. when provoked. <laughs> how many drinks? I yeah, had. when provoked, and how much excellent vegan wine you have been provided. Um, <laughs> but you, I think, generally, you have been very assertive and respectful about it. Um, and, but you do have to assert yourself every time because as conscientious as we try to be every so often, it's not at the forefront of our minds and you, you have had to be like, there's literally nothing I can eat here. And yeah. you say it in a way that isn't, I, I don't want to do this plan because Table you haven't thought about out. me. Yeah. Yeah. It is, could we go somewhere else or 
coming up with some kind of solution would anyone mind if i ate first before we went out because i cannot eat at the place that you guys are planning to eat and i don't want to ruin your night like i think that it's I think that you just don't give yourself enough credit. I think basically you both don't give yourself and enough you, credit. And you don't I'm eat a good like Snaps for oh. great culture. Please blow more smoke up my asshole because it can't go <laughs> in my face because I'm going to cough. So we're going to take a short break. Uh, we're going to go and assert ourselves elsewhere for a bit. Sounds so dirty. But we will be back after the break to try the next wine. So we're back and we are on to our second bottle of wine. And this one actually is vegan. Yes. So um, this is the Airs and Graces Malbec, which uh, we bought from the Waitrose. From the Waitrose. From the Waitrose. Waitrose. We did. I was going to say from the Waitrose cellar, but we actually just bought it from the Waitrose. Yep. (laughs) Um, I went into the shop and did the thing. Sam went into the shop and did the thing. Funnily enough, I had been into the shop the day before and did the thing and failed to see where it said vegan friendly on it. Which Um, is in big letters on the back. Yeah, I was very tired (laughs) and I had my sights on another wine that wasn't available. Anyway. There's lots of words on the bottle. Um, It's a really cool bottle. It's Mm. very good branding. And I'm here for it. I love a Malbec, so I'm already excited. But so the Airs and Graces, it's got lots of anthropomorphized animals on it. So uh, French bulldogs in suits and pandas in feral jumpers. It's very, if you go into any mid-range fuller's pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's top very... range local was what I was going to say, but yes. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, where all the walls are teal, they have chalk writing, and also they have portraits of animals dressed as admirals. It's that kind of yeah, one. Yeah, or like you're shopping in anthropology or something like yeah. that. But we love right. it. Yeah, and it's got that kind of um, circus typography. Yeah, and... it's got that Victoriana vague, yeah. like steampunky <laughs> the... vibe. <laughs> the reason that we chose it is that the idea of airs and graces. <laughs> And also, uh, and also the fact that the label has a lot of advice on it, yeah, um, kind of put us both in mind of advice about being assertive and like the advice specifically given to women about how to make yourself more likable and and don't don't put on don't put on airs and graces and don't be snobby and don't be a bitch don't, don't be, be shady be a lady quite right. In the sense that women have to be polite and not aggressive. Um, and that that is the only two ways that a woman can be yeah. polite or aggressive. So, first of all, I would like to read the advice on the <laughs> bottle. If that's all right with everyone. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Never gesticulate in everyday conversation unless you wish to be mistaken for a fifth-rate comedian. Good. I gesticulate wildly, so good for How does one communicate without gesticulation? That particular piece of advice is surrounded by a goat doing a two-armed fist bump and a hippo doing an L shape like a ta-da and a lion shouting. So there you go. Um, shouty lion. Anything that detracts from the pleasure of society is in bad taste. I both like and don't like that. It feels very Oscar Wilde. Um, but also it kind of makes me it feel like, like if you're nonsense. causing a fuss, then you're ruining it for everyone. Yeah, fair mm. point. Yeah. Much like you talked about at the restaurant. Yeah. Um, a centrepiece for the table should never be anything prepared by a taxidermist. Don't disagree. 
Avoid any air of mystery when speaking to those next to you. It is ill-bred and in excessively bad taste. I'm sorry, but that is the backbone of the movie Clue. (laughs) I love that movie. So you're wrong. Okay, so tasting notes. There aren't many. Um, They're incorporated into the label tasting notes of plum and chocolate. And it is described as smooth and rich. So sounds pretty malbecky. If I have to say, yeah. I'm really keen sounds to try it. Sounds quite assertive, one might say. It sounds like, yes, an assertive wine. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it is. Oh, it's not as thick deep. in colour as. Yeah, it's, mm. deep is actually a better word than thick in colour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sit well on the palate. You don't sit well mm, on the palate. Thick. <laughs> that is nowhere near as full bodied as I thought that was going to be. No. At all. I don't think it's helped by the weather. Yeah, it's a winter it's, wine. It's. I don't even think it's a winter wine. Is. I think it's an autumn wine. Oh yes, yes. I don't. I. I quite like right. it. Yeah. It's. I'm. I'm not going to go home and rave about it, but uh, I quite like it. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not getting the um. The chocolate from it. Every flavour that I'm getting is very. Top note. Top note. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, it's almost like we're drinking the same wine. Uh, okay. I reserve judgment. What is top note? What do you mean? So it's like when you taste it at the front, like yeah. first sip. It does. Like, you know, you know that. when you taste oh, something like okay. so around the back like of your, your buttery, tongue. Your face. Yeah, it's, this is very not buttery. No, yeah. I do not think this is an assertive wine. To me, an assertive wine has more flavour, and it, it does have flavour, but it's not like whoa there, lad. <laughs> yeah, but you then know what I mean. But, maybe that, but then is that an aggressive wine? <laughs> Agree that it's not an assertive wine at the moment, mm. in either sense of the word, either in the sense of assertiveness as a person, like we're talking about, or assertive wines, as the dictionary definition that we read at the top of the show. I'm not sure about it yet, and I need to drink more of it. Probably don't need to drink more of it, as I started to not be able to form words. Good. We're it's great going for a podcast. So assert your vocabulary, Kimberly, and tell me a time when being assertive was a problem for you. Or Alex. Caused a problem? Um, either you were the one trying to assert yourself and it was did not go well, or someone else was doing it towards you. At you. Around your face. I I find it quite fun though when someone's being assertive towards me, because it's almost like it's like a competition. Are you like too bulls yeah stomping your feet and about to run and to each other I think other. it becomes it, it I don't know it's just quite it's just quite fun I think um I usually I'm, I mean it makes me sound like I'm always just like fight me debates <laughs> constantly um I can imagine you striding into the room crotch first just being like <laughs> oh that is a fight <laughs> I do bite your thumbs sir I do bite my thumbs sir I, th- I think actually maybe times that it's gone wrong is when I'm still like, no, I will be assertive and I actually don't have a clue about what I'm talking about and it sometimes does come back to bite me in the ass. That often happens when you're drunk. I've been around you when that's happened and I'm not talking okay. about the vegan thing, but other things, yes. Okay. Like that. Africa. Um, <laughs> but then I own it when I, when I know do. that I'm wrong. You lean into <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, Africa was, um, we had a, an argument about children starving in Africa when we were both very drunk and we just watched Eurovision. <laughs> Um, I can't remember why it became an argument because it's not like that's a debatable fact <laughs> there are children starving in Africa but 
there was a moment and everyone just went, Alex, what are you talking about? And she was like, I don't know! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when I, cause I like to bite me on the ass when I don't know what I'm talking about, both sober and drunk, mm. to be honest. I, I may be sometimes slightly more graceful at covering it up when I'm sober. <laughs> um, Rather than just going, well! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I can usually work my way out of it anyway, so... Okay, so it's when you're being assertive without a lack of, uh, with a lack of Evidence. substance. Yeah, and yeah. backing and yeah. stuff like that. I suppose. Um, it's, <coughs> and so, if anything, that's probably just arrogance. So, mm-hmm. well, interestingly, I find it hardest to be assertive with people who I think are arrogant or um, deliberately antagonistic, because. As I previously mentioned, I do generally react to stressful emotions um, with tears, mm. and I I do I find it difficult to be assertive and talk about my feelings unless on a podcast with wine. Um, in general life, anyway, it it takes me a while to get there in yeah. my relationship with title of your sex tape. Probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> and no, you're not doing it right. <laughs> no, that's why I'm sound sex tape. There are certain situations where if I feel very strongly about something and I care very much about it and I recognise that I'm speaking to someone who either will not get it through ignorance or deliberately wants to piss me off, then I don't then I find it very, very difficult to stand my ground and I usually just don't engage. The most common example of that, I find, is entering into any debate about religion with someone who takes delight in making people upset because they identify with a religion. Take Takes delight in being aggressively atheist and while I have absolutely no, everyone can believe what the fuck they want. I know don't, exactly who you have in mind. I know you do. Don't tell me who, what to believe. Um, and there are some people who will always tell you, not just what to believe, but how stupid you are for believing what you believe. And I've, mm. I've, I, because I strive to treat treat everyone with respect. It really, really upsets me when not only are they not doing that for me, but they are using what I believe as a way to say that I don't treat people with respect. Mm. That pisses me off. And I I cannot remain calm. And then I get emotional and either cry or get angry or pissy. And it undermines my argument. So I just don't engage because there's no point engaging with someone who is out to piss you off. Yeah, fair point. Mm. Do you think you can remain assertive if you've become emotional? And yes, I do think. Then you I can. don't think crying is a, no exploring your argument. I I or... think that you can. I think it depends who you are. I don't necessarily think that. With. I yeah, okay, maybe, and the situation, I suppose. And it's also how they interpret it, because I yeah. do sometimes think that if I'm having a conversation <laughs> with my with my partner or one of you guys, for example. And I start getting emotional. I don't think it undermines undermines no, the validity of my point. Mm. If I'm trying to have that same conversation with my boss or a troll 
I do think it will undermine my point because they will interpret it that way. Like people who know me and care about my emotions know that my emotions do not necessarily mean that I have lost control. You guys know. But my boss, as nice as he is or whatever, like I don't, I, I just can't envisage a situation in which I'm crying in a meeting and making a valid point. What about you, Sam? Any times that you have found it either hard to be assertive or difficult to have assertiveness in your face? <laughs> in your face. As mentioned, I find it difficult to be assertive in situations in which I don't feel confident. And a lot of those are with generally with strangers. If it's with people I work with, people I know, then I'm like, fucking, yeah. I know everything and I can tell you exactly what to do, which sounds bossy, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm much happier to have confidence in what you're saying. My opinion yeah. and my, yeah, and my position with people I know. Um, I think one thing I do find difficult is when you're trying to be like, no, this is, these are the things I need. I have outlined for you very clearly, this is what I need from you. Again, I'm thinking of a work example, but oh. could apply to any situation. And that person is just being deliberately obtuse mm-hmm. and is just kind of going, well, yeah, well, I can't do you know, these other things that have absolutely nothing to do with it. Which comes back to what you were saying, Kim, originally about the person we all used to work for um, who likes to try and confuse you with numbers because you're a woman <laughs> and how can your woman brain possibly process that? But... Um, People who try to throw you off what you're doing, I find that very difficult to deal with because what ends up happening is I get cross. And when I get cross, you cry, Kim, I get cross. (laughs) And I'll be like, can you just fucking do it, please? And then that plays into that whole... Oh, she's well, such a you bitch. She's such a bitch. Yeah, because I think you and it winds me the shit up. Yeah, I think you probably play in more to the God, she's such a bitch stereotype. Yeah, true. I play into the God, she's so emotional stereotype. Don't say anything wrong. Kim might cry. Yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. And I have actually had that thrown at me by a woman. We can't have any wow. rational conversations with you because then you just get upset and cry. How about you eat a dick, mystery How about woman? you not pick a fight with me? So we've talked a bit about the difficulty of being assertive and, you know, not necessarily coming across as an emotional woman or no. um, as a bitch or as domineering. What do you think people can do? Or what are some tips that you have for being assertive without being an arsehole, which is the title of the podcast? <laughs> It sounds cliche, but, and it also is probably a symptom of, you know, like, type A anxiety over planning. I really hoped you were going to say type anus, and then I was going to be like, (laughs) ha, anus. Why would I ever say that? I don't know, I was just hoping for it. No. Kind of girl dream. Type A Um, Which is planning what you're going to say ahead of time. (coughs) Um, yeah. where possible yeah sometimes it's not sometimes uh, sometimes that's just not possible but in the situations that we've we've briefly touched upon um, you know calling customer service having a meeting with your boss asking for a pay rise having to discipline someone I think the easiest thing is to have a vague plan of what you're going to say much like we do when we structure this podcast um, we give ourselves a very loose set of 
things that we want to touch on and it does help us stay on track and not go too far off the rails. I would like to read one of the points on our notes for this week, which is, can you remember a time when it was hard to be assertiveness? <laughs> I'm not saying they were always perfect. Right, better notes than that, yes. Um, so that one is is planning, because I love planning and lists. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, yeah, drawing, as I mentioned earlier, drawing on a moment in which you felt confident to remind yourself that you are a a strong and independent woman who don't need no man. Like, you are someone who has achieved things and that you can achieve things and that you can achieve those things by not reacting in a way that is um, aggressive. In terms of receiving assertiveness, i.e. if someone is, is asserting themselves at you and you are unsure about how to react whether they are being sincere or whatever my ultimate tip and this is why it's for everyone is um if someone offers you something three times or says something three times they mean it so the The genie method yes exactly i like that i'll use that um the way i see this is if you for example if you were offering someone a lift and you say let me give you a lift and they go no i'm fine thank you you go, no, really, really, it's fine. I'm, I'm going that way. No, no, really, it's fine. And then you say, are you absolutely sure? I'm definitely going that way. And they go, no, really, 100%, I'd rather go on my own or I, I really don't need it. Then you know that they mean no. That you, they're not just being polite. They just, they're not just trying to not put you out. Ditto, if someone goes, let me give you a drink. Let me buy you a drink. That you, that you know and you like and you trust and you don't expect them to be spiking your drink. Um, <laughs> let shit. me buy you a drink. <laughs> No, it's fine. I'm sorry. Like, I, I wasn't fishing for a drink. No, but really, I'd like to. I'd like us all to have fun. Let me buy you a drink. I'm going to the bar anyway. No, really, it's cool. Are you sure? 100% I'm going to the bar. Cool, yes. I'll have a red wine, please. Like, it's my my rule of three. If someone says something three times, they mean it. And you don't have to be a dick about it. It doesn't have to be like, one, one, one. Like, do you mean it? Do you mean it? Do you mean it? But I just think that if someone offers you in a of the course of an evening or something three times or offers an opinion three times or um cocaine three times (laughs) it means that they're sincere it doesn't mean you have to accept it but it means that they're sincere so if you're unsure about whether to accept something out of reservation like i don't want to be a bitch or i don't want to be rude like i i want it but i don't i don't think that they mean that they're offering it i think that they're just being polite I find that the best way to handle that is three times. I found it very helpful for a lot of things when someone expresses any kind of upset, expresses any kind of fear, expresses any kind of complaint over an extended period of time. I find one time might just be a bad day. Two times might just be, you know, like a particularly shitty situation or like, keeping up appearances but three times generally means that they mean it fair i think i like that i think that's good i use it a lot i use it all the time um i don't think i necessarily have any top tips i was gonna say honesty but i think actually kim you hit the right word which is sincerity um because i think sometimes honesty like we spoke about kind of acting in a certain way especially maybe in the workplace and honesty maybe would be a little bit too uh, unkind. Honesty sometimes. is a bit like I think you're a fucking arsehole. Yeah. So I don't mean that. 
I mean, sincerity. I Here's think why. Someone can definitely tell if you're, um, I suppose, pa- like pa- patronising sometimes if you're not being sincere. Um, if you're not giving them the freedom to talk through their ideas and thoughts as well. Um, I think approaching something with confidence, sincerity and... Uh, being true to being true to yourself, I suppose, oh, as well. Excuse me. Um, oh, it's that stage in the evening. <laughs> hiccups. Mm-hmm. Those those would probably be my tips. And to listen to someone. Yeah. Not, I mean, I half agree with your planning idea. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine that if you know that a meeting's coming up, that you roughly are going to talk about something specifically or your approach or whatever it might be. But like. You know, if you've planned exactly what you're going to say, and then you're not listening to the other person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you I can't think, railroad someone. Well, exactly. I think listening, sincerity, confidence in yourself. I think, yeah, no, I agree with that. I think assertiveness on the fly is not an easy thing to achieve. So, Kim, what you said about planning, um, what you want to say, yes, I agree with that. But I also think... When you can. Yeah. But I think... The prime thing you need to know when you feel like you need to go, no, this this is not this is not acceptable, or or however that conversation is going to go, is knowing what you want the outcome to be, mm. and having a backup mm. because say again, I'm going to use the restaurant example because food. So <laughs> you you're in a restaurant, you your food comes, the food's cold. It's not meant to be cold. It's not a fucking salad. Um, or get what's it called? Gazpacho. 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 So it's something that is meant to be warm. It's cold in the middle. You call over the waiter, waitress, the person who is bringing you the food. It's all very well to say, and this is the thing that I find really fucking annoying about people from working customer service myself, is people will give you a complaint, which is the food is cold, and you're like, right. What do you want them to do about it? That shit. I'm sorry. You probably wouldn't say that shit, but you know, <laughs> like you, yeah. Well, exactly. That's why I moved away from people as much as I fucking could. Mm-hmm. But y- you can say, okay, I I, I recognise the problem. But until that person give, until you communicate the outcome you want, like I would like you to take this off my bill. I would like you to bring me another one. I would like you to give me a free dessert. I would like you to give us a free mm-hmm. bottle of wine. Like you just. Kicking up a fuss with no suggestion of resolution is not going to help you. And it's not going to help you get to the outcome that you want. I agree with that so wholeheartedly. And it's it's similar to, I think we've I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, we might have talked about it separately, but where if you go to the doctor, you need to tell them what you're afraid of, not just what your symptoms are. Mm. Um, which is that if you go to the doctor with, I've got a pain in my side, they're going to be like, it's probably a muscle. If you go to the doctor and say, I've got a pain in my side and my great aunt died of pancreatic cancer and I'm afraid that it's pancreatic cancer, can you please tell me why it's not that? Then they can tell you why it's not that. Or take that information and be like, and do we do test. this test. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. You have to be, you aw- ha- be aware of the outcome that you want. But you also have to be flexible on that outcome. I yes. Think. yes. I disagree. I think different situations are different. I think doc- the doctor one is like fair enough. Um, I think if you're 
at a restaurant, if you're in a situation that it's not your environment, I wait for the offer from them of what they can do and then go, okay, that's great. And then potentially But this even as well. if, but, but my counter to that is like, yes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily, like I, as I said, I'm not someone who will call someone over and be like, fuck it. My white wine is warm. I want another. Like, I will be like, if I have to do it, I'm going to be like, I'm really sorry. This is not cooked because I'll apologize first. You should never apologize. You should thank rather than, that's another Agreed. tip. Like We've you said that yeah. before. Yeah. Um, the idea is that you say thank you rather than I'm sorry. But however, you should know before you call them over what you want, yeah, and have not that in just mind. that's that's what I mean no, more I than think, I think that's fine. Yeah, that's but like also in a restaurant, like you don't know what that waiter can offer. You no, don't you know don't know their powers. No, I know, I know that. Wine or whatever. But you um, know that you're not just you know when you call them over that you would like something, whether yeah. it is another dish, whether it's whatever, like whatever. You're not just calling them over to go. This is wrong. Shit in it. Your shit. Like, yeah. They know the. They know what <coughs> should be because it's their place. Well, regardless of the the restaurant situation, if you're having a conversation with someone and you're trying to be assertive and stuff like that, yes, by all means, I think definitely have the outcome in your mind. If you like, even actually, even if it's out of the blue, you suddenly mm-hmm. internally go, "I know exactly how I want this conversation." Well, you can't to go. be assertive if you don't know what you want. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Actually, yeah, that's a very good point. Um. But I think the best way that I can be assertive is listening to them and then mm. responding to them and then knowing, okay, I know yeah. exactly where you're coming from. I'm going to try and get you in this which, direction. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. So, so then that, so that I, is... So I think it's a, it's a different... It's a different tact, what we're talking about. I think it's from different perspectives. Yeah. Because I think... Like, I understand exactly what Sam's saying in the sense that, like, it's not necessarily that you're asking for it. But it's knowing that if it's offered for you, offered to you, you'll be accepted because you can't. I don't think you. It's difficult to be conscientious if you're not aware of how you've been wronged. If that makes us make sense, like, yeah. If you don't have, if you don't have an understanding of the playing field, it's very difficult to be fair. And I think that the the best way to treat someone with respect. When they are in a situation where they've essentially it's wronged to be understanding, you, and that's, it's to be understanding, yeah, and to be understanding, is... you need to be reasonable. Mm, so okay. I think that you both have a very similar approach. I just think that you are looking at it from slightly different perspectives. Yeah, I yeah. think I think going into something and being like, right, okay, again, the restaurant example, saying my food is cold, therefore I want a free bottle of wine. But you can't just call someone over and go, my food is cold. This is my yeah, yeah. This is my suggested outcome for this. You have to be like, right, this is. A person who is like you know, they may not be a manager, they may not be a supervisor, they may just be a person. Be like, is it possible for this to be an alternative? And that that is yeah, yeah. respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that comes back to what you said at the beginning, or when you were talking about your tips, is is respect and that kind of yeah, which is why yeah. I would wait for their offer. So that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. But before we go, we need to rate the wine. Uh, we don't have a book as such or a film, so it will just be the wine. The first one that we had was the Boss Prosecco. Um, Alex, you're exempt because of your Thatchers. I could rate my Thatchers. I oh, could God, rate I my really Thatchers. Really that was horrifically <gasps> worst country. Oh. Um, please go ahead. Solid four. Wow, bold. Um, I'm glad you didn't say solid too because I'd have to snigger. <laughs> Kimberly, uh, what do you think of the the boss prosecco that we had? It was fine. 
Okay. It was 2.5. It was straight down the middle. Middle of the road. It was a perfectly nice Prosecco. It wasn't worth what I paid for it. What, what did, did you, you pay, pay for it? Fourteen ninety five. Fourteen ninety five. Fourteen ninety five. I thought you said forty though at first. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Fourteen ninety five plus six ninety five delivery. To be fair, that was last minute. Yeah, fuck. We need this tomorrow's delivery. Fuck that noise. No, yeah, fifteen. That's not a fifteen pound bottle of prosecco. No, that's a seven nine pound bottle of prosecco tops. Okay. Cool. No, I think just because it wasn't quite so like. I mean, some. yeah, it was. It was very nice. It was perfectly drinkable, but it went very quickly. I literally, I just wouldn't buy it again. And mm. I think that two point five is perfectly fair. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's just it was. Yeah, I I agree. I I would go a bit higher. Um, I'm gonna go for a three. Fair I enough. think it was on again. Like I said, it didn't do that. <laughs> Thing that some Proseccos do when they're really fucking dry. I felt that um, just all over me. I'm sorry. Oh. You're welcome. Pleurisy. <laughs> um, yeah. Three. Cool. And the other wine we have is the Airs and Graces. Um, it was a Mal- Malbec. No, Malbec. Yes. Off uh, of um, off of Waitrose. Well, off of Waitrose. N- not that it's from Waitrose. I'm not sure of the vineyard. It's Wingara Wine Group. Uh, which is in Australia. Wingara. Uh, for anyone, so... for anyone who can't see that, which is everybody listening, in fact, um, Kim just did. Kim just did. Kim just did the Pocahontas wave. Wingapo, Anna, um, Vavu, Iranu. I said Leviosa. I was like Harry Potter world. So we've got three very different frames of reference here, which are Harry Potter, Pocahontas. <laughs> Shooting stars is what nice. just happened. Nice. I feel like that represents all of us perfectly. Yeah. Should good. we do that again? Yeah. Right. Uvavu. Uvavu. <laughs> and then we have the Airs and Graces Molbeck, uh, 2017, I think it was. Yes. Uh, and it's an Australian. I don't know why I went strangely <laughs> German there. German. Um, uh, yeah. Is, yes. That's it's, fine. It's that te- good. Fucking hell, mate. I'm just trying to get to the end. Yeah. Oh, that's really another way as well so and we have the airs and graces malbec it is a 2017 malbec from the wingara wine group um off of australia and bought <laughs> at waitrose waitrose <laughs> waitrose for approximately nine pounds nine pound 49 i think you're fine yeah i i was gonna say that and then i didn't know we're differentiated between x and y waitrose um, what did <laughs> you think of it? Okay. Uh, I did not struggle with it as I do with some reds. I thought it was um very light. I thought it was a good summer red, actually, because it's summer and I drank it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it also wasn't that like cloying horribleness that some reds do. Towards the end of the bottle, it was not as <laughs> light. Um... I'm gonna go for two point five. It was fine. Cool. Did not get friggin' chocolate. Plum and chocolate. Bit of plum, no chocolate. <laughs> Name of my sex tape. Alex. Um. Yeah, I think I agree with Sam. It was fine. Nothing to shout shout about. The effort was definitely in the label. Yeah. Yeah, the label was beautiful. I think that's reasonably worth the eight pounds of the nine pound forty nine. <laughs> Mm. Eight quid on branding—that's a bad margin. I was, I was 
Um, I was arguably disappointed. Uh, I like Malbec a lot. I drink it a lot. I really like the label. I had high hopes. For £9.49, I would have expected a better Malbec, personally. My favourite Malbec is £5.50, is all I'm saying. Um, There's a lot of righteous blinking going on. Yeah, I'm blinking very righteously. Uh, I think 2.5 is fair, because I'm probably just a bit chagrined today. So, um, 2.5. 2.5's across the board. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this week's episode and you're listening on some sort of Apple device, please don't forget to give us a rating out of five, whatever you think we deserve. And also maybe write us a review because we really like to see them as long as they're nice. Don't forget, you can also see the show notes for this week on our website, which is www.grapeculturepodcast.co.uk. You can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at GrapeCulturePod. We're on Instagram at GrapeCulturePodcast. And that's it because Facebook can suck a dick. True that. Don't forget to come back in two weeks' time when we're going to have a brand new topic. You may have caught a sneak peek of it earlier in what Kim was saying. And we will see you again next time on Grape Culture. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.